back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. We're heading into week nine, and so we're going to hit on the best DFS options for you for the week. But before we get there, I want to share with you an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders. We're the innovators of modern football analytics with proprietary metrics you know and love. DVOA and DYAR are used by teams, and they're great tools for your fantasy lineups as well. So get the most out of those lineups uh, for both regular and DFS leagues with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25 and save 25% off site-wide. That's FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide on all Football Outsiders tools and statistics. I'm recording this on Thursday, so there's a lot of players that seem to be getting COVID tests. Uh, Maybe not all of them are real positives, but false positives have impacts as well. I'm hoping that all these games are going to happen, but using the best information that I have, I'll kind of go through everything uh, that I see as an option for you this week. I'll start with the Raiders and Chargers as my featured game. There's a lot of great fantasy options for you in this one, starting with Justin Herbert. In traditional leagues, he's my number one fantasy quarterback for this week, and I see him as more than a $1,000 surplus value in both DraftKings and FanDuel at $6,800 and $7,900 price tags. Herbert has just been exceptional so far this season. 25.3 average fantasy points per game is fifth highest at the position. That trails Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Patrick Mahomes. He's had at least 264 passing yards every game he's played and had at least three touchdowns in four straight games. So just in general, you really love Herbert and what he's doing in fantasy. And I think he has a pretty good matchup this week at home against the Raiders. Uh, The Raiders, they're kind of neutral from a passing yards and touchdowns perspective, but they're a bottom three or I guess a top three cutter of passing interceptions per attempt and passing fumbles per attempt. So probably a little fewer uh, options for turnovers for Herbert, and that makes him a good matchup and some of his players as well. I'll get to those, but I'll mention Derek Carr. A little bit less of one, but also a surplus value of $450 in both DraftKings and FanDuel at $5,700 and $7,000 salaries. Carr last week was, uh, you know, underwhelming from fantasy perspective, just 111 passing yards and one touchdown. But that was the game in Cleveland where the win was sustained at over 20 miles per hour. I think you can probably just throw that one out from your consideration of Carr's fantasy value. He had actually thrown for at least 261 yards and scored two or more touchdowns in five previous games before that. So that's really more the expectation that I have for Carr going forward. And I'm not sure his salary reflects that as sort of what he's probably going to be. The Chargers are definitely a difficult run defense, so that's bad news for Josh Jacobs, which I'll mention. But for Carr and some of his pass catchers, I think it's fine. Uh, They're pretty much neutral um, in terms of both pass plays, yards per attempt, and touchdowns per attempt. And they're a little bit of a cutter of passing interceptions and fumbles. So okay to use Carr this week. Uh, Justin Jackson, once again, one of my favorite running back values, more than a $1,000 surplus in DraftKings and FanDuel. He has a 14.8% target share since Austin Eckler has been out. That's eighth highest among running backs. So even though the carry volume hasn't quite been there, the target share has been there, which kind of sustains his fantasy value in particular in your platforms where PPR is part of the equation. Uh, Last week, Joshua Kelly, uh, he's actually been the least efficient runner by DVOA this season. I didn't quite realize that until I saw Troy Mayne Pope taking some of his carries last week. But it seemed like that, that Pope... Uh, inclusion into the backfield was really more a detriment to Kelly than it was to Jacobs or uh, to to Jackson. Sorry. So I'm thinking that Jackson may even have a better chance to score a touchdown this week with Kelly off the field more than usual, and that's a big deal because the Raiders they're a top five booster passing uh, of uh, rushing yards per carry, but also the number two booster now of touchdowns per carry. 
So you, you kind of love that, and I think it's a, a chance that Jackson has a really big day as both a runner and as a receiver. Uh, I mentioned that I don't love Jacobs. I think he's a neutral value in DraftKings. He's less expensive there at 6300 but I see him as a $700 uh, overpriced player in FanDuel this week. Jacobs has been a little bit worse than I expected this season, both as a rusher and receiver. From a rushing perspective, just 3.6 yards per carry this season after 4.8 last year. I think a lot of that is because of the offensive line, and that's declined from 6th to 15th in adjusted line yards. And injuries and COVID have really caused problems for the line. Uh, Of the expected starting five to start the year, they've played together for just three snaps so far this season. That's kind of the fun stat. Not so fun if you're a Raiders fan, I would say. And then Jacobs, too, 11.1% target share is 16th highest at the position, but part of that's the fact that Jacob has just played every week. It's really not that high of a number. It puts him on a full-season pace for 41 catches, which, yes, that's more than double his 20 catches from last year as a rookie. But, you know, based on some of the stuff Gruden was saying at the beginning of the year, like we had him projected for 60 catches to start the year. So Jacob just hasn't quite been the top five type of PPR running back that we thought he might be. And facing the Chargers, that tough run defense, as mentioned, they cut run plays by uh, 16%, second most in football, and touchdowns per carry by more than 60%, also second most. So not a great week to use Jacobs in fantasy. I do love both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams as plays this week in, uh, in the various platforms. They're a little bit more valuable in DraftKings at more than $1,000 surplus. Uh, but in FanDuel, also $500 and $650 values as well. Two different reasons here. Allen actually seems to be dramatically underpriced in DraftKings every week, and I still don't really understand it. His 30.2% target share is the second highest among wide receivers, trailing only DeAndre Hopkins. And as good as Herbert seems to be, I just I think Allen is in that class with you know the, the Hopkins and the Devontae Adams of the world. So keep using him while he continues to be less than what once a seven thousand dollar player uh, in the platform. Meanwhile, for Williams, he doesn't have that same high target volume, but does have 5.5 targets per game when he's played this season, so not a terrible volume. It looks a little bit worse because he's missed time and he's always had hamstring-related issues. But the reason you love Williams is the 0.73 opportunity-adjusted receiving touchdowns per target. That's 14th highest among wide receivers with 25 or more targets this season. And it's kind of a fancy way of saying that Williams is one of the premier touchdown scorers in the league, something that I expect to continue while he's on the field. He's a good bet to score this week against the Raiders as well. And then finally for this game, Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders, $700 surplus in DraftKings at $5,800, $300 surplus at FanDuel at $6,400. And kind of a shocking stat here. I mean, not totally shocking. He was a volume hog, a target hog last season, but 27.4% target share is the highest among tight ends. And just compare it to the other top guys, Travis Kelsey, 23.5%, and then Mark Andrews is third at 21.2%. So more than 6% difference there. I mean, it's it's massive how big his lead is over the rest of the position, which has, by and large, been very disappointing this season. Not Kelsey, obviously, but that makes Waller, relatively speaking, a really nice value. Um, and a pretty good matchup against the Chargers, who are neutral in terms of yards per target at tight ends, but they've boosted tight end receiving touchdowns per target by 65% fifth most in football. Okay, let's shift gears then and just kind of go position by position. I'll start with quarterbacks where Tom Brady, I think, is a pretty good value this week, in particular in FanDuel, where he's a $1,200 surplus versus just $750 in DraftKings. I'll say that there are a little bit of concerns here with the weather. Uh, There's a forecast at 18 mile per hour sustained winds in Tampa this Sunday. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a little bit tough. That's not good for passers generally. 
heavier winds north of 10 miles per hour tend to cut pass plays by 2%, completion percentage by 4%, and passing touchdown rate by 7%. But I think it's just such an appealing matchup against the Saints that you may just kind of hope for the best and start Brady anyway. The Saints are a top 10 booster of completion percentage and yards per pass attempt and the number one booster of passing touchdown rate at um, 65%. So you love that matchup for Brady as long as the wind doesn't prevent him from going down the field. Next up, Matt Ryan. Uh, no weather concerns um, playing at home in the Dome. But for me, this, the thing that I've sort of discovered, and this is probably not a secret, but it's fun to put stats to it, uh, since 2019, Julio Jones has missed three games, and in those games, Ryan is averaging just 259 passing yards and 1.0 passing touchdowns per game, good for 12.0 fantasy points per game. But in the 20 games that Jones has played, Ryan has averaged 308 yards, 1.8 touchdowns, and 19.2 fantasy points per game. That's a 7.2 fantasy uh, point per game difference. Obviously, it's huge. We don't really know right now whether Calvin Ridley will be healthy, but I think Julio Jones is more the lever for Ryan's fantasy success. So you're going to like that he's healthy in this game for Ryan um, in terms of his fantasy success. And even though you're facing the Broncos, that is a pretty good DVOA pass defense. They haven't been quite as scary uh, for passing in fantasy. They've cut yards per attempt by just 4% and touchdowns per attempt, uh, but just by 14%. So that's not in the bottom 10 in football, and you're not too scared of it, I don't think, for Ryan's perspective. Next up, Ben Roethlisberger. I see him as a $400 surplus in DraftKings and $500 at FanDuel at $6,500 and $7,700 price tags in those respective platforms. Roethlisberger developed a big reputation as a home road split guy, but that's interestingly, it really came from just a three-year period from 2014 to 2016 when he averaged 10.7 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. That's like a huge outlier type of deal. But since then, over pretty much the same um, amount of games, Roethlisberger has averaged just 2.1 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. And that's really more in line with what we typically expect, especially for a quarterback that doesn't play his home games in a dome the way that, like, say, Drew Brees has a more extreme split than most quarterbacks but plays in a dome that way. So this is a long way of saying that I'm not scared off by the fact that Roethlisberger isn't at home this week, in particular because he's playing in the dome in Dallas against the Cowboys' number 24 DVOA pass defense. And the Cowboys have boosted passing yards per attempt by 6% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 55% this season. That's eighth and second highest at the position. So I think Roethlisberger is a safe bet, and you can stack him with some of his guys who I'll get to in a little bit. But first, let's talk some running backs. David Montgomery, more than $1,000 surplus in DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, Montgomery's been a kind of a consistent value. Um, I think it's really just been because since week four, when Tariq Cohen went out for the season, Montgomery has a 14.6% target share that's seventh highest at the position. Now, Montgomery hasn't turned out into big yardage totals so far, but I think he has a chance to do so even on the road because he's facing Tennessee this week. And the Titans have been kind of one of the sneakier bad defenses in football. Yeah, the Titans are the, a top 10 booster of both yards per carry and touchdowns per carry for running backs. So I think there's a chance that Montgomery will have a little bit more success uh, this week than he's had in recent weeks. Next up, Leonard Fournette, close to a $1,000 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. I would say this is probably more my own call here than it is just kind of the, the numbers playing their way. Ronald Jones had another fumble last week um, after a catch, but I, I mean, it, it's technically ruled a fumble, but what it really was was a drop. And he's had tons of drops this season. It's been a consistent problem for him. And last week, it led to Fournette out-touching him 18-11. to 11. And frankly, given how many drops on really easy catches 
uh, that Jones has had this season. I expect Fournette to continue to have that type of advantage in workload going forward. And I think that's kind of where this is coming from because the Saints aren't a great matchup for runners. They're a cutter of yards per carry by 16% and touchdowns per carry by 33%. But really, honestly, that's going to affect Jones more than it is Fournette anyway because Fournette has been more involved in the passing game and isn't dropping all of his passes. Uh, So I think you can rely on Fournette with a lot more confidence than you can with Jones this week. Speaking of more pass-catching type of backs, DeAndre Swift, $950 surplus at $5,000 in DraftKings. $650 surplus at $6,000 in FanDuel. He had just 23 total yards on week eight, but I'll call that probably a function of the Colts matchup. They're a top five DVOA team against the run, but he still set season highs the last two weeks with 45% and 62% offensive snap shares, and has had at least nine touches in three straight games. So I think Swift is trending positively and draws a pretty favorable matchup on the road against the Vikings. That puts him in the dome, and the Vikings crucially increase run plays by 14%, third highest in football. So that'll probably give Swift a few more opportunities, even if the Vikings are closer to neutral or a slight cutter of both yards per carry and touchdowns per carry. Next up, David Johnson, smaller but a little bit of a surplus value in DraftKings and FanDuel, $600 at his $5,600 and $6,800 price tags. Uh, I think this one's just a little bit more transparent. The Jaguars are the number 32 DVOA defense overall and bottom 10 against both the run and the pass, but he's probably priced up somewhat towards that split. Uh, And the Jaguars in general do increase run plays by 7%. So as bad as the Texans are, there's a chance they could build a lead in this game and really rely more heavily on Johnson to try to salt away the game, something that they're not able to do too, too often. Teams that do do that, uh, the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, obviously, he had the monster week last week against the Packers, 226 total yards, four total touchdowns. Uh, Part of that was probably weather-related with all the heavy winds and cold weather in Green Bay. But I'll point out, too, that the Packers are the number 22 DVOA run defense in this opponent. This week, the Lions, they are 21st. So another great matchup. The Lions boost yards per carry by 5% and touchdowns per carry by 35%, that latter number being the fifth highest in football. And the Lions also increase run plays by 13%, fourth highest in football. So you may not want to rely on Cook back-to-back weeks in DFS because you know, there's probably like a shell shocking there that happens to his price tags, but I still see him as a value in DraftKings at $600 surplus at 8200 He's a little bit of a shortfall in FanDuel at his $9,300 price tag, but I mean, ride Cook while you can is kind of what I would say. I think he's a, he's a nice price. And, and then Derek Henry's in a similar spot, $500 surplus in DraftKings, $300 shortfall in FanDuel. The Bears, they're kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, they're a very good defense overall, but there is a little bit of a difference with their number 11 DVOA run defense versus number 5 DVOA pass defense, and that's led their opponents to increase run plays by 9%. I think it's something where teams just are a little bit more afraid to pass against the Bears and can run instead, and the Titans are a team very well equipped to try that type of split this season. Uh, so I think Henry can, can probably get some run. I'm, I'm projecting him for more than 100 rushing yards this week. Uh, so that's something that can probably work for you uh, in DFS as well. Digging a little bit deeper, although not too deep, Chase Edmonds priced up in the, in the platforms at $6,800 and $7,400 this week, but I still see him as a little bit of a surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Last season in Week 7, Edmonds took 27 carries and had four targets. That was the week after David Johnson got hurt and the week before Edmonds himself got hurt and before the team ended up trading for Kenyon Drake, who took over as the team's runner the rest of the way. So it's just one game, but I think it's evidence that Edmonds might end up being more of a bell cow back 
while Drake misses a week or two with his injury. Uh, they have other guys like Eno Benjamin that could be involved, but I think Edmonds is still a value at his higher prices. This week facing the Dolphins, they're a much better defense than I think many expected this quickly in the rebuild, but I would say it's crucial to note that they're the number three DVOA pass defense, but number 32 DVOA run defense. Uh, it's much easier for teams to run against them than it is to pass, and I think that could be a big boost for Chase Edmonds' value this week. Uh, so I, I would definitely rely on him in fantasy. Um, it's a pretty nice option. And then across the field from him, Jordan Howard, uh, possibly even bigger than this, but I currently have him as a $500 surplus in DraftKings and $1,000 surplus in FanDuel. Miles Gaskin, the team's leading rusher, just landed on injured reserve with a knee injury. And Matt Breida, who I'm currently projecting to play and split time with Howard, has actually been missing practice this week uh, because of a hamstring injury. So, you know, Howard could suddenly be the guy after being inactive for the last few weeks as a healthy scratch just because of poor performance. So that could be kind of an interesting thing here where, you know, he's pretty much the minimum in DraftKings and FanDuel price-wise. Could be a nice value. I will say that both Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden are very versatile players and could end up running. Um, they may actually be running backs and wide receivers eligible in some of your traditional leagues. Um, and frankly, off the top of my head, I'm not sure where they are in the, the DFS platforms. But uh, the fact that the team also just traded Isaiah Ford also increases Perry and Bowden's opportunities to catch passes coming out of the slot. So I think Howard's probably going to get a fair bit of run in this game. I don't necessarily love the matchup against the Cardinals, but I think the volume is such that he ends up being a value. And then one more running back that's a little bit injury-related um, on his value here is J.K. Dobbins. $250 surplus in DraftKings, $800 surplus in FanDuel, in particular at $5,300 price tag. That is assuming that Mark Ingram will miss this game, which isn't confirmed. But if that does happen, then I think Dobbins becomes a little bit of a value. He has a team-leading 8.7% target share among the running backs, so I think that makes him a little bit less susceptible to the matchups than the other backs, in particular Gus Edwards, who would probably be his backfield running mate in this game. And that's important because the Colts are a top-five DVOA run defense, although consider, too, that uh, the Steelers were the number one DVOA run defense last week, and Dobbins still had 100 yards, and I think that the Ravens overall had like 250 or 260 rushing yards. They're just such a difficult team to defend that way. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, I think you can start Dobbins in both platforms, but in particular in FanDuel if Ingram ends up missing some, some time uh, in this game. Let's shift gears to wide receivers, where Mike uh, Evans is my number one wide receiver value in DraftKings at $1,800 surplus, a little bit less, but still a good surplus of $950 in FanDuel. This is probably the last week this is going to be the case, uh, but at least for now, Bruce Arians is suggesting that Antonio Brown could play something between 15 and 35 offensive snaps this week. So you're peaking at about half the team's offensive snaps based on those estimates, uh, longer term, he's probably going to be playing a lot more. And Chris Godwin, who I see as being 50-50 this week, coming off his finger injury, will come back and get a hefty amount of volume as well. So, you know, very quickly, the Buccaneers are going to be back to their early season problem of having too many talented skill players for all of them to achieve in fantasy at their, like, talent levels. But at least for now... I think Evans can take advantage of some of those teammate injuries and is in that good spot against the Saints. So I talked about a little bit earlier, but for both number one wide receivers and deep target receivers, which Evans is that as well, they're a good matchup. They're a top 10 booster of touchdowns per target to both of those types of receivers, a good mesh for, for Evans this week. Uh, Julio Jones, I see him as a particular value in DraftKings, $800 surplus at $7,200. He's a bit of a short fall in Fandle at $8,200. Uh, but Jones, I mentioned how important he is to Matt Ryan, but obviously a tremendous fantasy player himself. 
And while touchdowns have traditionally been a problem, he's averaging 0.66 opportunity adjusted receiving touchdowns per target this season. That's 25th of 86 wide receivers with 25 or more targets. It's actually had a little bit of a shortfall in actual touchdown scoring with two touchdowns against 3.2 opportunity adjusted ones this season. So I think that that number is probably only going to increase going forward. And I'm not too scared of the matchup against the Broncos either. They're a much bigger cutter of yards per target to number one receivers than touchdowns per target. I think Jones has a chance to score this week and could be a bit of a value in particular in DraftKings. Okay, for the Steelers, if Roethlisberger isn't scary for you on the road, then I think Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson shouldn't be scary for you either. Claypool is more than an $800 surplus in both platforms. Johnson is twice as valuable in DraftKings, $700 versus $350 surplus, but a surplus nonetheless. The Cowboys are very friendly fantasy defense to both number one and number two outside receivers. Uh, They're a top 10 booster of yards per target and touchdowns per target to both of them. And they're actually the number three and number one booster of touchdowns per target to wide receiver ones and twos at over 100% boost to both. So I think you like Claypool and Deontay Johnson both in this game with a chance to score. For the Lions, also, I think two wide receivers you can start. Marvin Jones being the a little bit more obvious one, $600 surplus in DraftKings at $5,100, $200 surplus in FanDuel at $6,100. Kenny Galladay is likely to miss this week because of a hip injury, and after Galladay exited last week's game, Jones went on to score two touchdowns, so I think you kind of had that chance again this week, and that's a good spot to be against the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who were the number one booster of wide receiver touchdowns per target. And then Marvin Hall, it's really more of a volume play, but if you're looking for an inexpensive option at wide receiver to to fill out your lineup, Hall is a great option, more than a $1,000 surplus in both platforms. He had a 69% offensive snap share last week. It was a season high after previously peaking at 29%. So he seems to be the biggest playing time beneficiary of Galladay missing time, and I think it's an option for you in your DFS platforms. Adam Thielen next, $550 surplus in DraftKings at $5,100. He's much more expensive at FanDuel at $77, and I see as a shortfall there. But like Justin Jefferson, Thielen's three-catch 27-yard day last week I think was impacted heavily by the heavy winds in Green Bay. So I'm kind of writing that off and trusting Thielen's bigger picture trend of a 29.1% target share that's fourth highest among wide receivers. I'm eager to get him in my lineups uh, at home against the the Lions this week, who are a booster uh, of yards per target for both number one and number two receivers. And then last among the receivers, I'll mention Preston Williams, $500 surplus in DraftKings, $350 surplus in FanDuel. Uh, It's not a great matchup against the Cardinals, who were actually one of the bigger cutters of number two wide receiver yards and touchdowns per target. But I think Preston may end up being one of the big beneficiaries in terms of playing time of the Isaiah Ford trade to the Patriots. Williams is a big outside receiver, so he's not a slot man like Ford is. And there'll be players probably more like Bowden or, or Perry who may play a little bit more in the slot. But just subtracting a receiver, getting a pretty healthy target volume, I think has a chance to benefit multiple guys on the Dolphins. And Williams, I think his prices don't quite reflect the fact that he's got a really nice upside now as one of the, the clear top two options for the team in the passing game. All right, let's close this up with some tight ends, starting with Hayden Hurst, who I see is a $1,200 surplus at DraftKings at just $4,100. FanDuel, he's at $6,400, and so a smaller surplus of $350. Uh, Hurst has had a pretty decent 15% target share this season. That's 14th highest among tight ends, is at home in the Dome against the Broncos, so not a great matchup against the Broncos, who were a big cutter of touchdowns per target to the position, but I think the venue is a boost there, and if Ridley misses time, that may only increase his target share this week. 
Jimmy Graham, big surplus value in DraftKings at $950 at just $3,800. FanDuel, $250 at $5,300. For the first two weeks, Graham was averaging just 4.0 targets per game with Mitchell Trubisky under center. But then with Foles not starting in week three, but playing a lot, and then starting the rest of the season, 6.8 targets per game for Graham, a big boost. The question here is probably more whether Graham is fully healthy. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury, and so I would check on the practice reports um, on Friday to see if he's looking okay and playing. But if so, then that'd be a good spot for him on the road in Tennessee. Tennessee is a booster of yards per target and touchdowns per target and tight ends at 5% and 29%, both top half of the league there. Next up, Trey Burton, particularly a value in DraftKings at $800 surplus, $3,500 tag there. And in FanDuel, it's a slight shortfall of $300 at $5,500. Burton, kind of a Hayden Hurst-esque range here, 14.7% target share since returning from injured reserve in week four. That's 15th at the position. And while the Ravens are a, a sort of a scary defense overall, they're probably a little bit more dangerous with their top cornerbacks to outside receivers, whereas they've been closer to a neutral value for tight end so far this season. And then finally, Noah Fant, tight end for the Broncos, $400 surplus for DraftKings, close to neutral and FanDuel. But Fant, 12.2 PPR points per game this season is fifth highest among tight ends. His overall fantasy point total is a little bit down because he missed a little bit of time. But I think that is just hiding the fact that he's having a breakout season and is in a great spot to continue that this week on the road in Atlanta in the Dome. Atlanta is a top five booster of completion percentage, yards per target, and touchdowns per target to tight ends. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. And then swing back next Tuesday to hear all of my waiver wire recommendations for week 10. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you then. 